Hello everyone, I'm Joe Chamis, and this is Amuse. This is a podcast all about, well, to be honest, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I know that it's going to center on music. Um, I sort of caught the podcast bug recently because uh, a friend of mine and myself, for the better part of the last year, have um, been riffing on air on mic like this all about uh, TV and movies. And it's sort of a fun little side project. I figured that it would be fun to venture off on my own and do a podcast all about uh, a topic that is near and dear to my heart, music. So that's what this is going to be about. I mean, as of now, it's sort of nothing more in my head than a bit of a variety show with a little bit of everything, a little bit about myself and a little bit about other musicians and sort of the state of music and the music industry. And um, you might be asking yourself, well, what qualifies you, Joe Chamis, to talk about music and the music industry? Well, to be honest, not a whole lot. But I'm going to do my very best to convince you why uh, I am doing something like this. And that's more or less going to be the basis for my first episode. This is an introduction to me and my linkage, my relationship with music. I am an amateur musician myself. I've been playing guitar and writing songs for the better part of the last decade, maybe a bit more, actually, when I think about it. And um, it didn't always... I mean, it wasn't always necessarily, you know, the sort of pop, acoustic folk genre that I, I'm used to playing now. There was a transitional period that I think uh, no one except for my close friends really know about. But I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, what sort of informed my musical tastes growing up and what sort of made me... Uh, into the person that I am, the musician that I am perhaps uh, today, and to an extent, the music listener that I am today. My tastes, like any others, were informed by, um, well, I had the luxury of an older sibling. So, uh, Farid, my older brother, he's eight years older than I am, and at the time, he would sort of transition between listening to all sorts of different things. Here's the thing. There's this whole there's this whole sort of vibe about eclecticness or I listen to an eclectic uh, you know mix of music. I feel like someone who says they're listening to an eclectic set of music or someone who says they listen to everything is not as much a novelty as they used to be. Um just the direction that we're heading it seems like all sort of musical genres are you know, bending uh, to the will of others. And, and they're sort of mixing and, and intermingling, you know. I'm talking about, um, you know, just pop artists working with folk artists and, you know, uh, these elaborate pop singers who, who used to put on these shows um, with all sorts of dance numbers and backing tracks and lip-syncing. Some of them are sort of coming out of the woodwork and performing with full bands and stuff like that. And, and that's something that um, I'd like to see more of. This whole vibe about I have an eclectic taste in music, um, I sort of feel like we're at a 
time now where more or less everyone has an eclectic taste in music. The state of music as it is now sort of doesn't allow you not to. But I do want to sort of talk about what informed my tastes uh, growing up. And I was lucky enough to have a brother who, at a time where, I guess, listening to two or three or four different genres of music was a little bit novel, was someone who was doing just that. So I would often hear Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd one day, and then Jamiroquai the next day, and then Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg the next day. So when it started out when I was, I don't know, let's say eight, seven, eight, nine years old, there was a lot of classic rock because it was the era for it. My brother was listening to his ACDC, he was listening to his Led Zeppelin, he was listening to his Pink Floyd, and and uh, I sort of got into that. And he went through phases, and I went through phases with him, you know? So he would, you know, uh, within the next few weeks, start listening to, I don't know, Jamiroquai, for example. And uh, as time progressed, he sort of got a little bit more into hip-hop, and I got more into hip-hop. And I think that the time he was getting into hip-hop and it sort of coincided with um, that certain age window where anything you're listening to sort of informs all of your musical tastes going forward. It was when I was the most, my musical brain was the most impressionable at this time. And for that reason, I would sneak into his room and listen to the new Lauryn Hill record or the new Missy Elliott record or the new Busta Rhymes record. And um, keep in mind, I'm saying record in the music industry sense of saying record. They were CDs. I'm not that old. That being said, these pieces of music sort of informed my tastes growing up. And I, I, I really, really liked hip-hop as a child. I loved rap and hip-hop. And that was, you know, sort of something that I kept to myself for some reason. Um it was around this time, I think, that I started sort of putting pen to paper and writing rap lyrics. Now, here's the thing. I started writing a little bit before that. I think writing was just more or less the place that I wanted to go, um, be it short stories or news articles or children's books. Um, I had aspirations of being a writer of some sort not really knowing that that would end up playing a little bit more to my hobby than my actual career in the long run. But all that being said, I didn't start seriously putting pen to paper on any sort of lyrics until I entered my rap and hip-hop phase. Um, and I didn't dare perform in front of anyone because I just sort of wrote for myself and it was a, you know... It was an artistic release, uh, an artistic expression uh, that I could keep private and all to myself at the time. And uh, then there was the fateful day of my very first sort of, I guess, forced, in, in a sense, performance in front of a few people. We were assigned in grade eight history class to write a rap about a Canadian historical figure that we learned about that year. So uh, our teacher at the time, when she announced this assignment, began, um, you know, cordoning off everyone into groups. Actually, I think she didn't take that much responsibility and said, okay, guys, get into groups. 
And it was for that reason that we ended up with groups of three or four or five and groups of two and a few larger groups maybe of six people. And it was all sort of mishmashed everywhere. And no one seemed to realize that I didn't group with anyone. Why? Well, I'm not sure. Part of it was maybe social awkwardness. The other part of it was, in a weird sense, overconfidence that I need to write a rap. I'm pretty sure I got this all on my own. And so the time to perform came along a couple weeks later, and uh, the teacher started calling up the groups one by one. Okay, let's hear your rap about, you know, whatever it is, Upper Canada. Uh, <laughs> and then people came up and they did the standard sort of like half-hearted beatboxing. And, um, and you know, stomps and claps and, and did the sort of after-school specially... Um, you know, like really vanilla kind of uh, rap cadence that you hear. It's like, my name is Joe and I'm here to say I rap about history every day, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, the group sort of went up one by one, this group of three, this group of four, this group of five. And um, eventually uh, the teacher sort of looked around and said, uh, wait a minute, I think we've got one person left, Joe did you not partner up with anyone? And I said, uh, nope. So you're doing it all by yourself? I said, yep. Okay, Joe, well, that's very brave. Why don't you uh, come up here and share your rap with us? So I walked to the front of the class and proceeded to bust the dopest rhyme about William Lyon Mackenzie that the world had ever heard. <laughs> um... It's funny, I was going through um, some old boxes of stuff recently and came across that very rap, and I don't think I will ever part with it because it very much signifies the first time I performed in front of people. And, you know, I, I went up there with a little more spring in my step, um, a little bit more, I guess, some more hip-hop uh, of the time informed beatboxing, um, you know, kind of like went up and did the type of thing. And then now Mackenzie was born in 1795. He was the man who kept the reform alive. You know, his father died leaving him out in the cold and his mama had to raise him from three weeks old. Went Montgomery's tavern, got burnt to a crisp. Mackenzie scared the pants off the loyalists, you know, all sorts of goofy stuff like that. And uh, when I finished my very first performance of original music in front of uh, a crowd, I got a standing ovation from a few people. Um, and I remember that it was probably one of the best feelings that I had ever felt in my entire uh, middle school experience. Um, you know, flash forward a couple months, the talent show comes along, and the quote-unquote cool kids, a group of kind of jockey athletic dudes, um, asked me if I would like to join them for a performance in the talent show. And that I did. Uh, I performed Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight while a group of like 10, you know, athletic dudes did all sorts of crazy backflip and breakdancing moves behind me. Uh, that was probably the most fun that I had in all of my middle school experience. And from there, I was sort of hooked. Um, the rapping thing continued. 
uh, it continued well into high school and well into college. But something sort of happened around high school, more or less towards the end of high school. There was another very large musical influence in my life besides just my brother, and it was my best friend, Matt. And he started guitar lessons in high school. And um, I decided that I sort of wanted to learn how to play an instrument too. So I started to try to learn guitar, but didn't take any of the formal lessons that were offered to us. To this day, I kick myself for that decision. That being said, I kind of ditched the guitar very quickly when I realized that it was too difficult. It wasn't for me. A few years went by, grade 12, graduation. Matt continued to play guitar. Matt went ahead and decided to go to Humber specifically for a music program and continued to play guitar in hopes to do it in a more professional manner. Um, I decided after grade 12 to try to pick up the guitar again. And uh, I was a little better at it this time and um, sort of getting into it a little bit more. And my musical tastes were shifting a little bit. They were, I was still very much a hip hop head, but my musical tastes were a little bit informed now more by the people around me uh, that were my more my age rather than my brother. And that includes my friend group and includes Matt, who, you know, once again, classic rock came back into the picture. And, um, you know, this is right around the time that The Darkness uh, came out and they had their first single, I believe, in A Thing Called Love which happens to be one of the first songs that I learned how to play uh, when I got my first guitar. Now, all that being said, the guitar thing was starting to go a little bit better, but I was sort of uh, sort of lonely uh, when college started, and I recall eating my lunch uh, in the ground floor near the drama department. Meanwhile, I'm taking a print journalism program, or... No, at this point, it was an advertising program, which would explain the loneliness. Uh, I did not fit in there. I did not belong. And so I would take many of my lunches by myself uh, on the ground floor of the drama department, hearing a lot of theatrical show tuny singing happening. And the on juxtaposition was I was sitting there writing, once again, rap lyrics. Um, as things sort of started to progress and I got a little bit better at the guitar, I decided to try my hand at writing songs on the guitar. After that first year of advertising, um, I decided that I hated it and moved on to print journalism. And in either the first or second year of that print journalism class, I recall bringing my guitar in and just sort of jamming with some other people who played. And before long, there was an open mic open mic at The Cage at Sheridan College. It's no longer called that, but I remember it very well. And it was this sort of lounge thing that was set up, and a few of my friends came out to see me, a few of my college classmates. And uh, I played a song by Jason Mraz, who by that point I was heavily getting into. And I played one of my first original songs. Thing, 
And that was sort of my first performance in front of not a classroom, but an entire pub slash lounge full of people. And it went over pretty damn well. And I feel like the rest is more or less history. But if you want me to get into it, I mean, I could. Let's put it this way. If this podcast is going to go on iTunes, you can also search Joe Chamis on iTunes to find some other stuff that I've done. Um, I put out a CD called Wiser Creatures in 2012. Uh, Aforementioned best friend Matt helped me put that together. But before that, I released an EP in 2008. And that is something that I put out with another very talented uh, friend of mine, also a musician, my friend Ron. Uh, Did I mention that my wife is also a musician and that we played several gigs together? A pattern started after that initial run through college, and um, it's a pattern that I'm very happy has continued more or less to this day. It's something that I'm hoping to get back into a little bit. And that's pretty much it. So that's sort of my relationship with music, I feel like. But that's more my relationship with music as a musician. I think it does, however, run parallel to my relationship with music as a listener. There was a lot of hip-hop to begin with, you know? And then there was a lot of sort of singer-songwritery folk stuff, um, some rock and roll, a little bit of R&B, some jazz. And then I realized that now, going back to my original point, the whole I listen to an eclectic taste of music thing, an eclectic mix of music, I should say, um, is a great statement And I feel like it's probably true now for more people than it ever was. And that is a very good thing. I think that's about it. Um, That's my relationship with music. That's who I am. This is sort of the introduction. Uh, I hope that you weren't bored to tears by the sound of my voice. And I hope that you enjoyed this first episode of Amuse. I already have a few ideas for what to do on the next few episodes, so please tune in, please let me know what you think, and uh, hopefully there will be a lot more where this came from. Thanks for joining me.